Well, first of all, I just want to say a huge welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether it is your first time here or you've been here for 25 years, we are so glad that you're joining us here today. As uh, Luke said, my name is Rachel, and I currently lead our, um, our welcome and hospitality teams, and I also help with Tom. So, um, yeah, so I, I, because I lead those teams, I'm here to talk about hospitality. <laughs> That's what we'll be speaking on today. Uh, but if you can't tell from my accent, I am from America. Yes, it's true. Uh, and when I first moved to Sheffield, I remember talking to different people who uh, were from, like, were here. And I was like, oh, like, how long have you been here? And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, I came as a university student. I've been here for 25 years. I was like, oh, wow, cool, okay. And then you talk to the next person, they'd be like, yeah, I came here 20 years ago. I was like, Okay, yeah. And then you just keep talking to people and they've all been here for ages. And I was like, am I stuck here? You know, <laughs> you just get this feeling of like people just, this is a place people don't leave. Um, but the more that I am in Sheffield and the longer that I've been here, the more I realize why people don't leave. It's an absolutely beautiful city. And I'm so thankful to be here uh, in this role and to be able to be working at our church. Today, we're going to be talking about hospitality. So if you wouldn't mind opening your Bibles, we're going to be in Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 13. And it says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. I'm gonna read verse two again, just the first part of it. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. So today we're talking about hospitality, and before we get started on how to do it and why we do it, I just want us to think about what it is. What is hospitality? So in the New Testament, which was written in originally in Greek, so, um, Hospitality in the Greek actually means love of strangers or loving the outsider. Hospitality simply means making other feel, people feel welcome and at home. Joshua Jip has a book about hospitality, and in it he says, Hospitality is the act or process whereby the identity of the stranger is transformed into that of guests. While hospitality often uses the basic necessities of life, such as the protection of one's home, and the offer of food and drink, conversation and clothing. The primary impulse of hospitality is to create safe and welcoming places where a stranger can be converted into a friend. The practice of hospitality to strangers very frequently hopes to create relationships and friendships between those who were previously either alienated at enmity or simply unknown to one another. And I love that quote because it talks about us, how we in hospitality are creating safe and welcoming places for people. And that, we're, that, trans, that uh, a stranger's identity is transformed into friend. But as we go back to the verses that we just read, they start with love. Because out of love comes hospitality. Out of love comes welcoming others into our community. Out of love comes remembering those who are in prison. It's out of love that that starts. Out of the overflow of our hearts is what hospitality brings. 
And love in the Bible is very different to love in our culture. You see, love in our culture talks about what can I get from you? What things can you do for me? Whereas love in the Bible is about bracing people who are different than us. It's a selfless and generous type of love. It's a jad of generosity and hospitality. And in our culture, we also have a culture, a big culture of division. And I think my country in America is perfect for this. <laughs> if you look at the politics of America, you see two completely separate camps, and there's not a lot of in-between in them. It's about dividing people instead of bringing them closer together. But love in the Bible is about bringing people together. It's about embracing the differences that we all have. And it's not just about loving strangers. It's also about loving our enemies. The Bible tells us that when somebody hits us on one cheek, to turn the other cheek to them. And I don't know about you, but I think if somebody hit me on the cheek, I'd be like, how dare you? <laughs> not trying to be like, oh yeah, here's the other one, you know? <laughs> it's loving our enemies, loving strangers. And this is what separates Christianity from all other religions and all other people, is the love that we have, not only for one another, but also those in our world. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith can, can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. It is our love that is where this starts. It is our love that creates safe and welcoming places for people. When I first, before I moved to the UK, I actually moved originally from America to Spain. And I, there was quite a lot of cultural differences, not just the language, but there are quite a lot of cultural differences between America and Spain. And when I remember when I first moved there, the thing about America is that it is very efficient type of place. You know, you're constantly moving from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And it's about how quickly you can get things done, what you can accomplish. And then you move to Spain. And it's the very opposite. <laughs> In Spain, it's all about spending time with people. I remember one of the first times we went to a restaurant. And I don't know, if you've been to Spain, you, you can imagine it. You know, you're sitting at, at a nice little outside little table, you know, and you're sitting there and they finally bring you your food after you've ordered. And, you know, you're sitting there, you might have a sangria, have some tapas, and it's all about the experience, right? And they will never bring you your bill. <laughs> they just won't. Because it's all about how the long that you can be there and being there for a length of time and enjoying the outside space, enjoying uh, each other's company. That's what it's about. In America, it's about how quickly you can eat and get out of there. <laughs> In Spain, it's about spending time with people and conversing. And it would be like a three-hour dinner. Now, when a dinner starts at 9 p.m., by three hours, you're like, all right, I'm ready to go to bed, you know? <laughs> but it's this idea of hospitality around a table where you're connecting with people, not just for how quickly it can get over with, but connecting with people. So why are we called to hospitality? We are called to hospitality because we have been shown incredible hospitality by our Lord. We are all outsiders. We are all sinners in need of grace. And yet God in his infinite grace invites us into his family. He welcomes us in. I think it's really easy in the Bible to look at ourselves and, be, and think of ourselves as the insiders, you know? I haven't done anything too bad, right? 
you know, I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't robbed a bank. You know, it's so like, I'm an insider. I'm, I would probably be one of Jesus' disciples if I was, you know, there. But really, we're all the people who were yelling, crucify him. We're all the outsiders. And yet Jesus, in his grace, died on the cross for us so that we can be, become part of his family, so that we can be sons and daughters of him. And because of that love that he's shown us, we then out, overflow that love into other people, inviting them around our tables and welcoming them in creating those safe and welcoming places for them. Jesus in his own ministry invites people around him that weren't the likely people. It wasn't the people with the highest religious degrees. It was the tax collectors, the sinners. He eats with sinners. And it's one of the things that the Pharisees hate about him most is that he eats with sinners. He created his ministry around a table where he invites people in to come and share his life with them. And one of his disciples was Judas. I always find this so interesting because Jesus knew what was going to happen with Jews and he still shares his life with him. That is incredible hospitality. Even in Jesus' ministry, we see him feeding and his two of his miracles or a couple of his miracles are all about food, which I absolutely love. <laughs> he has the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. You see, he doesn't just come to... Um, to help with our spiritual needs, he also comes to fulfill our physical needs and invite us into the hospitality. In fact, even one of the first things that we see in the Old Testament is that he's providing manna to the people, providing those needs for people around him. Even in his last days, he has the Last Supper and he invites his, his disciples into one last table with him. And in it, he says that the, that, the, it is, that the bread becomes his own body and the wine becomes his own blood, inviting us into the table to be friends with him, to, be, be, to become part of his family. And this biblical hospitality is not conditional. It's not based off what we can get out of somebody else or how they can help us. It's a selfless hospitality. In the, in, in, you know, it's really easy to invite our friends over, isn't it? But it's a lot harder to invite the stranger the neighbor next door that you don't really see and doesn't really talk to you. It's a lot harder to invite those people in. Even in our own church, when we see first-timers, are we the people who are going after them and wanting to create relationships, or do we want to just stick into our own bubbles because it's easier? In Luke 10, 38 to 42, we have the story of Mary and Martha, and I love the story. I'm going to read it for us. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are, indeed, are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And I can see a lot of myself and, and Martha in this story, being so busy with getting all the things done and getting everything ready that we actually neglect our guest. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm the type of person, when somebody's coming over our house, I'm like telling my husband, I'm like, we have to make sure everything is perfect. Everything needs to be in its place. Things cannot be left out. We have to have, you know, a perfectly clean, you know, it all has to be done. But I wonder how many times that I've been so distracted by the preparations and so distracted by my own desire to serve that I actually neglected the person who was there. 
And Mary was even jealous of those around her who didn't have to do any preparations. She's mad at her sister because she doesn't feel like she was doing enough. And yet Mary was the one who actually got hospitality correct, who spent time with her guests, getting to know who they were. And Mary was so, and Martha, sorry, was so busy in her desire to serve that she missed the time with Jesus. And I just pray that each one of us, that we don't miss the time with Jesus, miss the time with the people around us because we're so busy in our desire to serve. Now, my husband, James, and I, I actually, if you don't know James, he's the one who just did the uh, news video. And uh, my husband and I, we've been looking around at different houses. And actually, just to say, if you know of any three-bed terraces and crooks, you know, let me know. <laughs> but we've been looking around at different houses. And as you walk into different houses, you know, you see, like, the beautiful kitchens. And I've been thinking a lot about what makes a home hospitable. And you go in and, you know, you sometimes you see like these absolutely gorgeous bay windows, you know, you have the, the bathtubs that are clawfoot, you know, such fancy places, you know, really beautiful places. But it's really interesting because when you go around and you talk to an estate agent, when an estate agent is there and they're just telling you like, this is a lounge, you're like, kind of could guess that, yes. <laughs> then you go in, this is the second bedroom, okay, you know. But when you talk to the owner of the house, it's so different because you can see all the love that they've had in that house. You can see all the different things that they've seen about it, the beauty that they see in it. And also they're trying to sell it to you, let's be honest. <laughs> but they, they see all those selling points, the things that the, the estate agents could never see. And I think that's what makes a home hospitable, is the person that you get to talk to, the conversation that you get to have, not just about a beautiful kitchen, but to be able to talk to the people about the joy and the love that they've been able to have in that place. One time when James and I were walking home from church, we uh, were just like walking home. We, and there was a family that we ran into on the street. They were also walking home and we ran into them. And, um, and we just started chatting with them. We'd not really talked to them much. Um, but as we just started chatting with them and everything, they suddenly just invited us over for lunch. And we were like, oh, like right now. And then we started talking and we were like, oh, uh, sure. We don't have anything on our diary, you know. So we went and ended up going over to their house. And what I was amazed by is both my husband and I both came away from that feeling so welcomed and so loved. And it did not come because of the fact that they were so prepared for us. It was just a random thought that they had. But we felt so loved and welcomed by the conversations that we had, by how welcomed we were in their home, and by the family that, that we got to experience. John Tyson states, every single one of us has unlimited capacity to show hospitality and extend the love of Jesus beyond the walls in your everyday lives. Because a welcoming environment leads to a conversion of identity from stranger to friend, from outsider to brother and sister. You see, that is one of the ways that we can bring the love of Jesus to our world around us, a world that is so desperate for it is simply by inviting people to come into our homes, to the realness of us. And maybe for you, that looks like inviting a neighbor over to your house. Maybe it looks like inviting a coworker to, over to your house. Maybe for you, that means helping in a place like Revive Cafe, feeding people who really need help, who are hungry. Maybe for you, it looks like volunteering in a prison ministry that goes in and loves on inmates. But I pray that each one of us would find a place this week to be able to share the love of Jesus with those around us. In Matthew 25, 31 to 40, it says, When the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. 
All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his left and the goats on his, on his right. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Even today, as we've all come in, we've been giving over our donations. That is something that we've done for the Lord. That is something that we've done for the least of those. Alan Hirsch states, If every Christian family in the world simply offered good conversational hospitality around a table once a week, we would eat our way into the kingdom of God. I love that idea. Let's eat our way into the kingdom of God. (laughs) You see, but that requires inviting people in to the realness of our homes. And maybe for us, I know it's, it's quite difficult. We, have a one, we live in a one-bedroom flat, and it's really easy to use that as an excuse. Or maybe you have young children around, and inviting people into your house looks a bit chaotic. <laughs> I think it's the beauty. The beauty, though, is the realness of our lives, right? Inviting people in to experience who we really are. And in that, they are able to, we're able to create safe and welcoming places for them. Because all people want truly is to be shown love and for somebody to take an interest in them. I'm going to invite our worship band now to uh, come join us in the front. What would happen in the city of Sheffield if we offered biblical hospitality to those around us, to our neighbors and coworkers? What kind of move of God would we see if we saw someone hungry and gave them something to eat, saw someone sick and looked after them, saw someone who's a stranger and invited them in? Our vision that Tom has presented is for the city. And I think this is one of those beautiful ways that we can be for the city is simply by inviting people in and creating safe and welcoming places for them. My prayer for you this week is that you seek out the opportunities to create a space of hospitality where a stranger's identity can be turned into a brother or sister of God, a safe and welcoming place. Let me go ahead and pray for us. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you have welcomed us in. That you have made us from strangers into daughters and sons of you. Lord, we thank you so much that you have created a safe and welcoming place for us. That in your presence we can find safety. That in your presence we are welcomed in. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to uh, open our hearts to the places where you want to help us to create those spaces for other people. Lord, I pray that our homes will be places that are filled with your presence, that as people walk into them, that they sense you, that they sense your love. Lord, I pray that you would put people's Um, names on our hearts, Lord Jesus, of who, who you want us to invite in.
God, we pray that people who are outsiders will become brothers and sisters of God. I pray that you would help us to embrace those around us who might not look or sound anything like us. Thank you, Jesus, for the divine hospitality that you've given us. Pray that you would help us to show that to those around us and that you would change our city one meal, one welcoming space at a time. In your name we pray. Amen.